0: Hey, Wondra, I got a question for you. What them kids doing?
1: Hi, I'm Wondra. And I'm Metters. And welcome to What Them Kids Doing.
0: We're just two teachers out here trying to unravel the greatest mystery of our time.
1: So, Metters, do you know what them kids is doing?
0: Oh, do I know what them kids is doing? Okay, so what you need to know about my classroom is that it's essentially paperless. The students use Chromebooks, so I use Google Forms for the majority of my assignments. There are a ton of advantages to this. All of the books that we use are PDFs that I distribute through Google Classroom, so they always have access to those regardless of where they are, even as they avoid having to lug a heavy textbook around. Grading is much faster, plus I don't have to spend a lot of time deciphering wild handwriting. However, there is one con. You see that students are they're just tempted to just copy-paste the question into a Google search rather than finding the information in the provided material. A lot of the time, the info that they find is broadly correct. But sometimes it becomes clear that my friends are just turning off their brain entirely and just throwing me whatever Google spits back at them.
1: Wait, hold on. So you're telling me that students are trying to avoid doing work. Yes.
0: That that can't be right. Wild, right? The thing that's most frustrating about this isn't the thing itself. Mm -hmm. It's actually that it annoys me. But the thing that annoys me is me. I would do that. <laughs> All of that is the exact way that I would handle it if I was in that situation. So part of me is like, ha-ha! I get it, though. Like, how dare you? But also, yeah, okay. I understand. But I, I've i been honestly trying to teach them, look, you can search for the things in the document that I'm giving you. It's a PDF. Like, Here's my friend. His name is Control-F.
1: Yeah. I mean, one might argue it's easier to just Control-F in the document you've already given them than it would be to, like, copy and paste that business into
0: Google. Yeah. I make the argument that essentially what they are doing is I'm giving them a needle, a pincushion, and they are taking that – needle out of the, uh, the pin cushion, mm-hmm. throwing it in a haystack and diving <laughs> after it. I was like, I'm, I'm already giving you all the information that you need. You don't need to dive into the entire wealth of knowledge on the internet, man. Yeah. It's just going to be harder for you. Uh, that being said, they, they do not listen sometimes. No, and, because, uh, because why would they? That, sometimes I get some very unhinged answers. And so I'm going to share with you today some of the unhinged answers that I've gotten that are clearly results of weird copy pastes. From Google. I'm ready. <clears throat> All right. So uh, in my world history class, I was asking about the Roman Empire, and I asked this question, who got complete power as the first official Roman emperor? Now, you can make an argument that there are several different people who could be considered the first Roman emperor. Mm-hmm, the mm-hmm. first official one was um, Augustus, <clears throat> right? What I got from this answer, inexplicably, was four Number four? Right, the number four. And by the way, the Arabic numeral four.
1: <laughs> not which even is the Roman numeral four. I should have
0: gotten an IV, right? <laughs> Embarrassing. Yeah, It was not not the finest hour for whatever student gave that to me. Incredible. Uh, which, by the way, these answers are anonymous, and even they're anonymous to me. When I grade them, I don't have the names attached to them, mm-hmm. uh, partially to make sure that I'm being very impartial, Yeah. Uh, which is good. This is one of those good things about using the Google Form method here and why I do it even with the weird trade-offs. Anyway, uh, here's another one. In our unit about Alexander the Great, we look at a a document, and we have some questions that are uh, about that document. The document is just a speech from Alexander the Great basically trying to convince his troops to keep conquering all the things. So uh, in that uh, question, I said, what reason does Alexander give for this speech? One of the answers I got Mm -hmm. was this. Disagreements over the enslavement of Africans was the immediate cause of succession.
1: (laughs) That is in no way the question that you asked.
0: It has nothing to do with it.
1: And the incredible
0: thing to me is that if you were paying any attention at all, you'd understand that we are talking about, I mean, Asia in this uh, actual assignment. Uh This answer references Africans. Mm -hmm. So wrong continent. And it's also pretty clearly talking about a person in the Confederacy who was explaining why his state seceded from the Union. Yes. Wrong continent. Yep. Like, wrong continent. We're wrong by thousands of years. Yes. Like, it's, it's not even close to right.
1: <laughs> it is like a, a putt-putt travels through time situation in that we are lost both in time and geographically. <laughs> exactly.
0: Entirely. Just the most lost. A full-on Columbus in the most lost that anyone has ever been in this question.
1: And then then Robert E. Lee wept for there were no more worlds to conquer.
0: Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. So uh, next up, I had uh, a question about uh, in my government class. Mm -hmm. We're talking about different clauses uh, in the Constitution. And uh, I asked, what clause ensures that legal documents are valid and civil cases are enforceable in all states? Mm -hmm. And this was actually – This is the most incredible thing about this. This was a multiple choice question. Okay. The right answer was in front of the student. Yep. And they chose one of my pretty clearly, I thought, joke answers. Yes. Which was the Santa Claus three, the escape clause.
1: (laughs) Starring Tim Allen? Correct. As Santa? Exactly. Hmm. Uh, Just
0: a a quick government tip for all y'all that's not in the Constitution. No. Maybe it should be.
1: You know what it should be? I would like to see more more rights for Santas.
0: Yeah, I mean, if we can have the Third Amendment that keeps soldiers from being in our house, we could always have uh, the, uh, you know, 28th Amendment that could keep uh, Santa Claus, Tim Allen, <laughs> I guess. I don't know why not. Yeah. So maybe we should add it. Okay, so what you need to know is that when I started seeing all of these questions, mm-hmm. I got really frustrated reading them. It's not my job to grade Google. Yeah. It's my job to grade what the students are putting out there. And so uh, last year, I got so over it that I endeavored to write an assignment with questions so inherently convoluted that a Google search would not be successful. I did this primarily by adding superfluous parentheticals, which, by the way, I call that. That's my band name.
1: That's incredible. The
0: superfluous I was about to say, I
1: see you've heard of my mixtape.
0: (laughs) So, for example, the question, who gathered all of the wealth and power of the state to themselves during the age of absolutism? that question became who it isn't pro wrestler john cena i promise you was it exactly like me, specific to a class of person here that like gathered or combined assembled if you will all of the wealth so like the cash but also the land and whatnot and power but not like superpowers like invisibility or something of the state in this case, a name for a nation rather than a part of the United States of America, to themselves during the age of absolution.
1: That is wild. So uh, I ran a quick little word count while you're reading that question, and you managed to turn an 18-word question into a 85-word question. That
0: is absolutely correct. Now, the directions I gave with this was ignore the parentheticals. And if you do, it's perfectly reasonable to answer this. Now, this meant that if you tried to Google it, you got nothing. No, absolutely not. <laughs> not even close. I, I actually tried this. You just got, like, a very confused, I don't know, here's John Cena? Is that <laughs> what you're Like, I don't know. Google was very, very perplexed by this, which was perfect. Now, granted, there was some unintended side effects. I did have one student who looked at this, and to be fair, that was just the beginning of the tomfoolery. Uh-huh. I also added a lot of options And um, there was one where some of the options in the quiz were just ASCII art of an Among Us character. (laughs) (laughs) So, like, legitimately, it was pretty off the rails. I was in a state. That is
1: absolute insanity. It
0: was insanity. But I did have a student who just told me, I'm not doing this. (laughs) I looked at it and it just basically gave me a panic attack. I'm I'm not filling it in. Give me a zero. Never finished it. Never finished it. Great student. Yeah. Literally never finished that assignment. <laughs> and honestly, I can't hardly blame him.
1: It's, it's good to acknowledge your limitations. I just, I see this, you know, the meme where it's like become ungovernable. <laughs> I see that you and this meme are just aspiring to become ungoogleable. Exactly. And to be fair,
0: it did work. Oh, yeah. But it was also about eight times as much work as just locking them down on Hapar is now. So, hey, really psyched that we just have that. That's Same. a much better resource.
1: Absolutely. <laughs> okay, Metters, so since you shared the most wild things students have turned in via a Google form, I would like to share with you the most unhinged projects I have ever received. Excellent. We love a crazy science project. So this semester in physics, I'm doing egg drop it's my first semester doing that, and so I had a hard time drawing lines of what was and wasn't an acceptable egg drop design. Fair enough. So i want to share some of the things I've gotten. Uh, one is a journey. Um, we start with a humble baked potato. Ooh. Inside the baked potato, you, you hollow it out and just stick an egg in there, and then they just wrapped it in duct tape.
0: That seems so dense.
1: The baked potato was from lunch that day. (laughs) (laughs) So they just not put anything together at all? Uh, Well, no, they put together a potato, and it was, in fact, wrapped in duct tape. Okay. And as you might expect, that egg did not survive. (laughs) Yeah, that does not surprise me. Uh, But this, this idea of putting the egg inside food evolved because the next iteration of this project was an egg hollowed out this time inside of an egg plant.
0: Now, that's interesting.
1: But no, it gets better because then they shove that eggplant inside of a rotisserie chicken. <laughs> what?
0: It just seems like weird cruelty. We're going to take an egg and we're going to throw it inside of a chicken again?
1: Yes. Well, an egg in an eggplant in a, a chicken, it's like an it's a turducken egg situation.
0: What came first? The egg, the chicken, or... The egg inside an eggplant inside a chicken?
1: Well, I am fully believe that none of these ideas came first. I think they all came at the exact same time. And then within seconds of having that idea, they found themselves going to Target, buying a rotisserie chicken, and shoving an eggplant inside (laughs) of it.
0: It doesn't seem like there's a lot of thought, for sure.
1: The, uh, The old SS egg, which was a toy boat in which they scotch tape an egg into the driver's seat and then put that boat. Inside of a five gallon bucket of water, and then just dropped that bucket off the roof. That's interesting. That feels like it might have been effective. You would think, but it was an old bucket, so they dropped it, and the entire bottom of the bucket just shattered and it just collapsed in on itself. And this iceberg titanic boat just like clunk, hit the sidewalk and um the poor egg did not did not make it on this this 3 hour tour <laughs> the poor poor egg so that's egg drops my other favorite project that I do is cells. Okay. Now, I know that doing a cell model in biology is pretty basic. I just want to say, right, okay, next generation science standards, one of the things they want you to do is build models. So I have my students build cells Because it's educationally valid, not just because I think it's funny to watch like 20 kids eat like 15 cakes in half an hour (laughs) because most of the cells I get are cakes. And um, I just like cake. Who doesn't?
0: I've seen this. I've seen around the school just kind of like bits and bobs of what could possibly be mitochondria, but what is definitely also – just ganache
1: yes just ganache uh yeah the old uh, yeah mike and ike mitochondria right you got that sour ribbon endoplasmic reticulum got to all that good stuff and it's delightful and some kids like to go hard right and make those beautiful cakes and then some kids maybe don't try as hard <laughs> happens and i wanted to say if any of my students hear this uh who have turned in these projects i'm so glad that you did and I love that you turned this in. This is in no way I dig at you because I have gotten immense amount of joy out of these projects. True. So the first one, a student came in with an upturned frisbee full of mud. <laughs> just a mud frisbee. Just a mud frisbee. And the the nucleus in the cell was an onion ring. But Kay. not, not like, a, like a fried onion ring, just like a, a bisection ring of an onion. <laughs> what? <laughs> and guess uh, guess what the nucleolus was? I, no idea. Smaller ring of onion.
0: <laughs> Fair.
1: And guess, 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 matters. guess. What um all the ribosomes were.
0: W- was it other parts of onion? It
1: was tiny <laughs> bits of onion. You're totally correct. <laughs> and I was looking back at the photo of this frisbee full of mud and onion. And in the comments on this rubric, I literally wrote the words "get out me swamp." <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say,
0: was the student literally Shrek? That's incredible.
1: It was great. Get out peace Another treasured project was, I'm not going to accuse this student of not thinking ahead on the project. Whatever. But the cell that I received was just a single Pop-Tart. Just one Pop-Tart? <laughs> with a Gatorade cap scotch taped on. <laughs> Just, like, around the outside. Just, like, around the outside, yeah. And the nucleolus was just, like, a squashed Skittle. Like, oh clearly, God. this kid went to his locker at about 7.55 and was like, oh, no! It's Quick, like what do I got?
0: MacGyvered an entire project.
1: Uh, you can tell that a project is good when we had all these cells laid out on the counters and I was coming around with my rubrics to grade them. And I knew it was going to be good because I think every student in the class was standing near it just waiting for me to see this cell for the first time. <laughs> my favorite cell of all time, though. So one of my requirements is the cell has to be 3D. So a student drew a cell with a black Sharpie on a piece of paper. That's 2D <laughs> so far. So far. Oh, my gets better. And then they just taped that picture to a basketball. <laughs> <laughs> That's, that's nothing. Well, what I like about that project is that it communicated the message, you can't make me do this. <laughs> and they were right. <laughs> that's essentially
0: the 95 theses of science projects. Like, I'm nailing this to the church door. I put it on a basketball. That's three dimensions. I don't want to talk to you anymore.
1: And I, sometimes when I'm having a bad day, I look back at these three projects because they just they bring me such joy.
0: It's really, truly inspirational.
1: But by far, the most unhinged thing that I have ever received was an Atom model. Okay. Favorite, most unhinged, also just like straight up the best thing in my classroom. I love it. I treasure it dearly. All right. So they had to make a model of an atom with all the little protons and neutrons and electrons. And most students did, like, buttons or, like, Skittles, you know, some kind of, like, small round thing. This student had a pretty large atom. So there was, like, over 100 subatomic particles, I think. And so they chose to make their subatomic particles out of chewed gum. Oh, My word. Yeah. So they come in with just this big piece of cardboard with 113 pieces of chewed gum stuck to it. No, that's too much. It was three different colors. It was disgusting, but also, like, incredible. I I asked, I was like, where did you get all this chewed gum? I feel like they had gone to, like, their youth group and just pulled out packs of gum and passed them out. And, like, they just, like, chew this, chew this, and just, like, spit it into their gloved hand and just (gasps) stuck it on. Unacceptable. (laughs) It just, it was, I didn't even know how to respond because it was bonkers. But looking at this project, I think this child is either going to be the next Banksy or like an actual serial killer.
0: <laughs> One of those for sure. <laughs>
1: nothing in between.
0: it could not possibly be. I mean, you have to love the amount of dedication to like plan that ahead. That yeah. legitimately is very impressive. Oh yeah. But the the willingness to just handle someone else's saliva on a level that big, even with the gloves. Oh yeah. Is just beyond my ability to understand.
1: And yet it's just, like, so far outside of the box and, like, so creative in just, like, such a weird way that I, like, I respect the heck out of that project. Absolutely. You should.
0: But you shouldn't be near
1: it. (laughs) Oh, no, no. I think they had covered it in saran wrap because we didn't want any, like, patient zeros of some horrible gum disease. No doubt. No doubt. Anyways. Those are my projects. They, in fact, do be wild, but I treasure each and every one of them and the students who made them. Absolutely. Well, that's what them kids be doing.
0: If you want to keep up with the kids, be sure to follow us on Insta at podcast. Or don't. I'm not your babysitter. Thanks, everyone, for listening. And as I say in my classroom, take it easy, punch waterfalls, do cool things.
1: And as I say in my classroom, get out! I'm sorry, that was rude. Please get out.